Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, how you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. I finally got uh, uh, the notorious uh, John Jones to be on on our show. Uh, I've been talking to him about it for a while. What's up, John? Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> All right. Immediately, people realize, oh, crap, not that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, like, how how do people recognize you when they figure out you're not that John Jones? I actually used to refer to you as not that John Jones, and then then Twitter John Jones, uh, my buddy Jeff that you met the last time we were out, we hung out together at two twenty three. He was like, "Oh, that's Twitter John Jones," and I was like, "Yeah." And then on a Hinata, <laughs> I had messaged you about Hinata Laranja's podcast where they they called you the the cat guy. So what's, what's the most popular moniker you carry? Um, wrong John Jones or just Psy O. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, always, it's always some form of just like, wait, did he just talk about his cats? And, oh, it's the, it's the other guy, the one that it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but the funny thing is, so, I mean, we talked about it uh, when we finally met face to face. Because uh, like like uh, everything else that's happened, we became friendly through Twitter, and then we finally met in person. Uh, what was that for UFC two seventeen? Right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, well, we had been communicating for a while. Like I, it, it's interesting how, I've, how many people I've gotten to meet like through this whole thing over the years, which frankly has been like the whole value uh, out of it for me because I didn't really catch on to you know like, catch on to actually liking UFC and being into it till a bit later, but it was just. The, the personalities and the people that uh, that drew me in. It's uh it's a hell of a way to learn about anything. Like having people you don't know yelling at you about something that you don't understand <laughs> or know about. Yeah. But honestly, refusing to learn about it for the longest time really prolonged how fun it was. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Uh, how did it start? I mean, what was it like to wake up one morning and it, did it just did it slowly hit or was it one morning all of a sudden you had a hundred thousand thousand notifications and. You know, it was a little bit of a trickle at first uh, as he was starting to get famous because I'd had um, at John Jones since 2007 because uh, I'm, I'm a tech early adopter. I'm on everything as early as I can with my name because I mean, it's a generic name. It was kind of a challenge. So occasionally I'd get something like, hey, I saw you like beat that guy's ass. You're great. I'm like, cool. Excellent. That's wonderful to hear. Who who are we talking about? <laughs> and I, I, I also have... Uh, well, email addresses like with my name. So I get, I'm used to getting a lot of like spam for every John Jones on earth. And I thought it was just one other random jerk that can't write, uh, type his email address in correctly. But then UFC 151 happened. And that's when it went from, <laughs> from a little bit of a trickle to literally phone buzzing off the table, like death threats aplenty. When, uh, that's when, um, if I recall correctly, uh, Dan Henderson and Bones were going were going to be the headlining headliners. Henderson got injured, backed out. No one but Chel Sonnen would uh, fight Bones, and in that time was like I think over three days. I got six thousand you know pieces of hate mail, death threats, all that. Like that was when I realized this is a little bit different than people just signing up for car insurance quotes. These are sincere death threats. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's one of the things that piqued my interest when we first met. Uh, you had told me. Like the first threat you got, like really disturbed you, and then you you decided to react uh, 
the way that you react now, which is which I thought was cool because it's one of those things like you hear about bullying and stuff online now these days, and and a lot of people will take it to heart and get hurt, but you kind of like just took took a moment and paused and gathered yourself and and responded with comedy, which which a lot some folks after a while going back and forth, they'll realize, oh wait a minute, you're not that guy. And uh, you actually put that one up. I know. I don't know if you still have it pinned to your profile. The guy that was like, "Oh, you just some white dude." I do. <laughs> that's, so, my, that's my favorite one. White <laughs> too, man. It's he just kept going. He just would not get it. It's just it's it's only ever been my face. I've never. I've always made that my rule because I don't want to get suspended for seeming like I'm imitating him. I'm actually very careful about that. But uh, my God, when I can just I was talking about you know like beet and kale and ginger juice and stuff. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> Except I found out later that uh, I guess Bones had joked about his like beet juice uh, aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't mean to resemble... That wasn't a reference. I didn't mean to resemble that. <laughs> I sure you're very ignorant. <laughs> so, so uh, how often does like your phone blow up? Like, say, because obviously uh, uh, being mistaken for, for the... For, the fighter John Jones is not your your day job. Uh, you're pretty public. You're, you, we know you're in the gaming industry, and uh, you're a published author. So, like, what 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 happens every every time John Jones is in the news? I'm sure your phone blows up. How do you handle it when you're like on your day to day travels? Well, honestly, I just find the nearest bar, <laughs> or I grab my laptop and just find the nearest uh, Wi-Fi hotspot and just sit down and then just like pace myself but basically just drink drink beer till it's done um i've been a freelancer for a few years so i can i'm able to take time off of work pretty easily so the very first time it happened with 151 and now basically everyone in my life understands it's a weird thing that happens because i i don't really tell most people i know face to face they find out like accidentally like through following me on twitter or it shows up on a, a new site they follow like it's it's actually I do this deliberately to see who learns about it uh, because because it's it I, I pop up places people never expect but um so I'd say like maybe uh, bones is down to about two atrocities a year <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's usually like one in the spring and then one like September or October ish and that's when I really have to batten on the hatches but otherwise otherwise he seems to have very little social media presence outside of wanting to fight like uh like shaped Bigfoot it's like Brock or uh or old men like Chuck. It's that's really the only action <laughs> on Twitter I've gotten lately regarding him. Yeah. It's just like these weird half assed like remember me kind of tweets. <laughs> well it's you're strange. the single re- you're the reason why I mean up until you know you got on Twitter obviously probably a handful of years before I did. And um you know when when you most people would tweet they would assume John Jones was John Jones, whether it makes sense or not, you know, not that you're not John Jones, but it, when an MMA fan's doing it. So I always make sure to really check the profile. I'll even click on it before I, you know, double check everything just to make sure that, you know, somebody doesn't have the same name. Uh, one of the funniest things that I, I think uh, I ever saw was, um, I don't remember what event it was at or what it was, but um, right before one of Cormier's fights, I think it might've been, or it was Daniel Cormier's birthday. And they brought – didn't they bring you in to sing happy birthday to him and say that John Jones was coming in to they, – Oh, they, they had – the UFC approached me to record a little video saying, hey, here's John Jones to wish you luck. <laughs> and, and, and Zombie Prophet is, is like his gifs are just incredible. Like immediately yeah. it's just like that look where Daniel's just like, ah, what? <laughs> I mean, like I shivered like full body when I saw that. Like, oh, my God. 
Like it's with the baddest man on the planet, and I'm involved in provoking him. <laughs> That's funny. I actually didn't know about that. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll shoot you a link. It was actually really funny to have been thought of. Apparently, like uh, like he you know he, he laughed about it. He was a really good sport about it. But just the look in his eyes, like. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, he went. He went from laughing about it. It was. I don't know. If, like I said, I don't know. If, well, luck for his fight. I, for some reason, I thought it was his birthday. But yeah, luck for his fight. He was you know all excited about it, and then he heard John Jones, and he he got the look of death in his eyes, like you know. You better not bring that guy in here, you know. I, you know, and then when he when he came on the video, I just remember him cracking up, and uh, that was that was a hilarious moment. I, I heard there there was a there's a short bit that they edited out, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's also something that uh, that I sent him um, making a joke like you know like this like a uh, like oh, this is such a like a cheeky joke of me to make. Sorry, I'm being such a pill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, the UFC cut that part out. I I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows with the with some of the stuff they do these days? But um, so speaking of, of the UFC, like obviously, uh, um, you you were at two seventeen, and then you were at two. You went to two twenty three, right? Yeah, at Barclays. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, uh, Russell Junis versus um, <sighs> unpronounceable. Good luck. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, why did I try? <laughs> you know what? I heard an audio playback. Uh, I think it was Bill Burr played it on his podcast of the proper way to say her name, and I still can't say it. But um, um, yeah, that that uh that event uh you uh you always put up really good reviews, and uh, I always I always I really found it interesting how uh when you did two seventeen, it was your first MMA event, and how how that just being there made you a fan of the sport. Uh, and uh, so that's why I, I'm really happy to get you and Matt together talking because he and I have been following the sport for a long time. And Matt is uh, really encyclopedic with his memory of, uh, like, if you can't remember a, a detail about a fight, he, he could probably pull it right out of the top top of his head most times. Awesome. But um, so uh, you had said uh, you had made this really long thread on Twitter that you kind of reviewed the, the first event. So like, this is the first sport you've ever been into. Like you said, you weren't like a sports guy at all, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I didn't, I never really got the appeal. And I mean, I actually, I did go to UFC 135 uh, because I happened to be visiting um, my, I started my company. My first client was in Denver. I was staying with my friend there because I couldn't afford a hotel and UFC 135 was that week and he had extra tickets. So I thought, Hey, I'll see that John Jones guy. But but prior, <laughs> but prior to that, I mean, you know, because I'm thinking like, shit, what the hell, why not? But um, but prior to that, and even after, it was just sort of like a huh, interesting thing these people are doing, sort of thing. But two seventeen was the first like, okay, I get it. <laughs> like every, I mean, everybody was, was like four titles change hands. Uh, two seventeen. Yeah. Holy that was crap! A- it was my first time um in a Madison Square Garden too. Yeah, that was a that was a, an amazing event, man. I mean that. I don't know if you read. I, I wrote something for Sure Dog on that. That I, I just, I mean, I was getting a little tinfoil hat with it, but I wrote about how you know, two seventeen and twenty seventeen, and especially that fight with Rose, how she won in the third round at three oh three. Like there was all these, these there was all these like numbers that kind of like related to each other. Even oh, she, numerology, nice. Yeah, she mentioned it in her post fight interview. So I mean, if that's your first MMA event, man, you're really lucky, like that, because. Uh, uh, I mean, my first MMA event was, uh, so, uh, I think it was like a Ring of Combat in Atlantic City or something like that. So, uh, Matt, what was yours? 
my first MMA. Well, I saw Shane Mosley box at the Indian Reservation out here, but the first MMA event was a bare knuckle, uh, no rules, um, Cobra Combat. My buddy Mark Hall put on uh, the old UFC champion. The first UFC was uh, UFC 33, the first legal one in Las Vegas, and uh, nice. right after right after 9/11, oh, wow. in, uh, 2001. Wow. So. Oh wow! But you said you went to 135 too. So you you're the first fight you ever went to was actually a John Jones fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's pretty because I think he fought Rampage that night. Yeah, yeah, I remember the the like the end of I think it was the end of the second or third round. He had like this weird little like leapfrog thing over. And I'm like, ooh, he's he's bad because that was that was before the before the Jesus he craps he like I put on. Yeah. <laughs> the, to be blunt, <laughs> <laughs> well, with the the leapfrog that was a, when he took the, he took somebody's back like jumping over. That's what you're talking about. Oh, it's like when he was exiting the ring, like he like oh, he did yeah, a leapfrog yeah. over, over rampage and knocked him down. I mean, just sort of like a the hell with you. It was just like I, I didn't I didn't know that much about the sport, but it seemed aside from you know you know, fists and and feet, it seemed. Yeah. <laughs> so so the uh, the one of the things that that you did too that I noticed that you had put on social media you were you started researching fights after after 217 like did you get yeah. a you got a fight pass account and everything or or what happened there yeah so i signed up for um uh, for the fight pass trial and i ended up subscribing and i actually i was really getting into it cuz i'd um, i'd never seen connor fight and i just i decided well holy crap the streaming service is actually really good cuz i mean, i work in you know video games and media and entertainment and this kind of you know, like streaming ser- uh, services and stuff are kind of like my thing. I understand them on a technical level. And I was surprised, like, holy crap, I could get literally see his literally his entire fight career chronologically just sitting here and get the full commentary from it and be and also get fight recommendations from people. So I've been like crowdsourcing my fight education from Twitter. Um, and it's been and just like adding my fight pass queue. And it's been it's been outstanding. Like seeing, because I'd only seen like individual fights before. I'd never really seen someone's progression or the growth as a fighter, and I never. And also seeing how they work, the you know how good they are in the octagon, and and how amazing he is on the on the mic immediately afterward, despite having just been hit in the head many many times. Uh, like his first time, I'm like, I want to follow this guy and see this. Just new feelings coming from like a lifelong nerd, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, his his fights are fun to go to. It's definitely an experience um, between the, you know, just him being a good fighter and then the the Irish crowd is a it's a it's a wild environment to be a part of. I I went to his fight at Madison Square Garden and been in one in Vegas. And um, when I left Madison Square Garden, I thought I was in the middle of Dublin. I mean, it was <laughs> it was yeah. chanting and I mean, it, you know, they went walking down uh, Times Square, Seventh Avenue. Yeah, they shut yeah, down Seventh Avenue. Oh, they they walked right through a commercial that was filming. Security was tossing Irish people left and right, trying to get him out of the filming. It was it, that was about three a.m. It was a, that was a, it was a fun wild night. But uh, you talk about Fight Pass, and I'd say that's one of the main differences between fans that are getting involved today and people like you know me and and even Ed to a, a certain extent. Uh, you know, I couldn't. I was ordering bootleg tapes from Russia, from you know Japan. Wow. I have more. I have more tapes that aren't in English. That you, I mean, it's like watching an old VHS with, you know, kind of like you're trying to watch a uh, old uh, Spice Channel on the on the satellite <laughs> dish where you might see somebody throw an elbow, but you weren't quite sure if it was a knee <laughs> or not. 
But um, a bald guy or a boob? <laughs> you know, um, and people would come over. I'd go, hey, I got the fights. I'd get some box of tapes, and they'd come over and go, yeah, we're not sitting here for eight hours watching, watching, uh, watching that. It's not even in English, but uh, yeah, the Fight Pass today is amazing. You know, I got to figure somebody out who wants to buy a bunch of DVDs because now I can click on one click and watch them all. And you know, I got. 2000 of them sitting in my closet somewhere so <laughs> you know that's great though but so connor um any anybody else other than, other than connor that caught your eye um I, checked out? I went through um i think almost everything uh daniel cormier has done just because i wanted to like get more of a sense of him because i I'm, i feel like i'm obligated to watch every john jones fight <laughs> i'd only seen him versus dc and i hadn't really seen dc like get to unload and be him. It was, it was, he was the most different fighter that I was used to, I, mean, I was used to watching, like watching him win over and over. And like between that and um, I watched like a short Viceland documentary where they had uh, one of the more recent Gracie's uh, going into like the history of, of Gracie jiu-jitsu and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and going to some of the basic techniques and under, and understanding, being able to understand wrestling a little better. That was incredibly interesting and educational to wrap my head around. Cause I mean, you know, coming into it with no knowledge, it, like it looks like they're sitting still, but hearing the little explanation, like actually that's literally his entire body weight being pressed onto him in like a space this big and it hurts like hell. <laughs> and so yeah. that, that, I, that was sort of a, like a mind blowing thing, seeing him like work through all these tough looking dudes. Um, but that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to find the next fighter I want to start following. Cause I got uh, carried away at season one of the ultimate fighter. Uh, and that's been, a blast, just like, tight, like, li- like a little forest, little kitty. <laughs> it's so young. I follow him on Twitter now. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So that's what you're 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 watching the the Ultimate Fighter season from beginning to catch up to because they're like on what are they twenty seven twenty eight now, Matt? Twenty seven. Yeah. I've been I've been told which ones to uh, to watch. Like number one, number in I think one and eighteen are the are like the top two um, suggestions. Was eighteen the first one with women, or is that eighteen, seventeen, somewhere in there? Uh, I got the poster in here somewhere. Yes, yeah, it's, it's either it's either eighteen or nineteen. <laughs> so like, those are my top recommendations, and honestly, that's been a fun way to engage with the sport because I I I've got to know and like I mean all these people uh, I mean, like over the years, and you know I get to see what they're into and get to kind of geek out along with them. Um, and that's been a really fun way to learn. It's like I'm ignorant. What should I do? Yeah, but you know what's cool too is like you're 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 coming in like like I remember when we first talked and I told you how the sport was banned in New York and and you see you, like you didn't know anything about it and I, and I start I told you about Sheldon Silver and, and the yeah. corruption with the with the uh, with the culinary uh, uh, union and stuff like that and so it's like like you got now you're you're getting into it right at the time that you it can actually come to you you know. Um, exactly. That's been such a joy. And, and frankly, you teaching me that has helped me explain that to my family in a way that makes kind of sense. It makes me seem more like an insider than a half bystander. Uh, <laughs> they don't know. Yeah, no, they don't. I mean, my family doesn't know. I mean, they know now because I told them, but uh, I mean, uh, if, if outside of Combate Americas, they really don't watch it because, you know, my, I'm Mexican, so that they only watch the Spanish channel. But uh, the, um, uh, what I was going to ask you was so so obviously the the confusion with with Johnny Bones Jones got you into UFC and into MMA and then you then you started watching other promotions so I, I, we know you've gotten the VIP VIP treatment from the UFC but you uh, we had Matt Marsden on this podcast a couple of weeks ago and he uh, he's the guy that wrapped your hands when you got invited to Bellator so Top and Matt I've known him for years on Twitter yeah another, yeah another one of the guys 
Yeah. So, so how, how, uh, sitting in your first, uh, your first Bellator event, what did you think of Bellator? That was, it was incredible. I, it was the closest I'd been and it was the, it was the most visceral, a visceral it was. Cause I'd never, I mean, cause at one thirty five, uh, I had, um, I had CTF way back. So I was still just like watching ants kind of. So for the most part, I was watching, you know, what's happening on the monitors, but I was actually being close enough to that. I, that I can, almost like hear and feel uh, everything that's happening. It's close enough that actually watching them makes more sense than watching a certain camera angle. It'd get like, give it a whole completely new dimension. Um, like all the Paramount guys were incredibly cool. Really funny. They, uh, yeah, they, they put me on a train, put me up at the Mohican sun overnight and, and gave me front row seats to 194. I got to meet King Mo. Uh, as soon as I got to the, uh, the casino, he, uh, you know, I have a lot of uh, background in Oklahoma. He was telling oh. me he went to see, I think like the, he went to see the world's largest ball of rubber rubber bands, you know, and I think it was like Ada, Oklahoma, or something. We just talked about that whole thing for a bit. Super, super nice guy, and yeah. um, I was able to take along a buddy of mine who uh, who's more of a fan I, than I've been. He's able to kind of give me context. So I, whenever I go to an event, I always have like a fight buddy uh, that I've uh, been friends with that kind of knows the whole thing to bring along. So like. You know, uh, when things are when things are happening, it's like, hey, they've actually faced you know two or three times before. Here's like here are this uh, their strengths. Like, look especially for um, like a, for uh, submission from this guy. So it's like I got my kind of private like buddy whispering in my ear kind of thing at the same time. It just adds so many more dimensions to it than I thought possible. It's because I mean, again, I just come from such a geeky background. But it's nice to I don't know, it's nice to have, to have the opportunity and to be open enough up uh, to it to appreciate it because. I'd be pretty freaking insuffer- insufferable if I wasn't grateful or interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, being being a gamer, uh, did you grow up playing Street Fighter, or Mortal Kombat, or any? I mean, did you play any of those fight games that that as uh... much as possible? Oh my god, yes! <laughs> like, like Mortal Kombat was like the seminal game of my youth. Even though I I didn't have a console and I wasn't allowed to play it, but anytime I could go over to like a friend's house, anything I, I could do like to read about it. Uh, or anytime we're at like a uh, like an arcade or a pizza place, they still had like a Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat arcade machines. Oh man, I was glued to those. Like uh, just like memorizing the moves and how they're. I had to figure out how they all uh, how they come together. I've been I'm terrible at them, god awful. I mean, I'm the worst player in the world, but damn, I appreciate them. Marvel versus Capcom, that whole yeah. series. Ah, that, that's. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Oh no! I was gonna say the Mortal Kombat. For some reason, I just had a flashback. I feel like Nintendo, which I had it on, had like the censored version, where they, you yes. know, you couldn't. You, they had like less blood, and you couldn't do the fatalities, or you know. So I tried to get over to my cousins and get on his Sega Genesis and, and play the real version as much as possible. But um, yeah, games like that. I mean, that's what kind of sparked my creative or my mind when I started seeing these fights. I was a big pro wrestling fan and stuff growing up, so I always kind of had the, you know, what would happen if Hulk Hogan fought, you know. Uh, Muhammad Ali in a real fight, you know, and, and the street fighters, same kind of thing, you know, especially, you know, you talk about watching uh, old UFCs. I'd, I'd personally recommend just starting from the beginning. I know that's a long hell of a grind, but um, seeing some of the stuff where Hoist Gracie comes along and uh, just seeing the evolution. I mean, seeing John McCarthy when he's about 20 years old, is quite a shock too, but. Um, oh my God. I can't imagine. Oh, he seems like some of those like born that age. No, you won't, you won't believe it. But you know, just seeing it with that, from the no rules. I mean, you've got got punch, fights where people are punching each other in the nuts, and it's perfectly legal. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it is literally it's literally Mortal Kombat. The first fight ends with a tooth flying in the crowd, and the referee not knowing if he's allowed to stop it or if he has to watch the guy basically die in front of him in the ring. 
You know, I mean, it is, you know, that's, you know, if you could get, uh, that's what I'd recommend, uh, you know, just taking your time, starting early. Um, you know, you can always check a quick review to see some of the events that, that are a little slower, but uh, I'd say the first six UFCs are pretty much, uh, man, probably seven, I would say, are mandatory viewing. Those, those turn, they fought three, four times a night and uh, bare knuckle, no rules. And um, it created a lot of the characters that, that kind of made a name up until about, you know, five or six years ago when they all started disappearing from the sport. Like, I, my God, I forgot that they would fight more than once a night. That is just outrageously hardcore. Yeah, there's a, uh... In Japan, they still do it at the end of the year, the, the Risen uh, Fighting Federation. Uh, I always call it the new pride. I, I don't know if that's accurate, but because a lot of uh, uh, it's the same president, right? Matt Sakigabara? Yeah, he, he's it's the pride uh, production people and, and the president who, who the UFC had bought out. And those guys have, have fought through and tried to put on some other events. But um, but yeah, the UFC, you know, UFC 2, for example, is a 16 man tournament one night. Hoist Gracie has Hoist Gracie's the. I think he's the sm- second smallest person in the tournament, and he ends up winning it after fighting four guys that are, you know, basically all heavyweights, and he weighs about one seventy-five. Good God! Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, just as far as like the respect, it's basically a big infomercial for Gracie Jiu-Jitsu because that's kind of how it was put together. They they picked their most like humble-looking fighter and and set him in there with a bunch of, you know, it's a lot of beer brawlers and stuff like that. But uh, you know, even to this day, I'll I'll grab a six-pack and put on UFC two and watch some stuff that you know you'll just never be able to see anymore it's just, you know oh my god i made you that tonight that sounds absolutely kick-ass i appreciate the recommendation oh yeah. and the, the best thing is i think up until about you know the longest fight up till like ufc4 was about five minutes long so it, it was <laughs> it's <laughs> you can get through them quickly and uh you know it's that, that that would be my recommendation though i'd start there and just see where it goes and, and you watch the evolution of the rules um you'll start to see why they added certain stuff why you can't fish hook, which is ripping the open a guy's mouth or nose. And, you know, you come across where, I don't know if you've heard of tank Abbott or not, but he's one of the, the early, uh, you know, I think he was banned from over 200 bars here in the Southern California area before he, you know, before he showed up in UFC. But, uh, you, you see the evolution of why you can't knee people in the head, why you can't soccer kick them in the head. You know, it just kind of, you see, you see the results of some of that stuff and why the American audience, uh, it didn't put up with it like the Russians and the, and even the Japanese to an extent uh, kept up with. Wow. That, that's, that's absolutely fascinating. Just, I mean, just being able to just, like see the, like those fundamental, like the fundaments of that come together. Cause I mean, I've been to, I've been to bar, like I have friends that are MMA fans. I've been to like bars. I, and if there's like a, a paper at somebody's house, I'll bring a six pack and kind of like half watch. So I have some exposure to like some of that, some of the names, but not that far back. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I, I think uh, another recommendation that I don't know if anyone told you, I mean, but the Pride events is something you should check out too, just for the spectacle alone. Um, the the presentation, it's something, it's something relatable to the way that, uh, like, if you, so you know how like fighting games always have some type of story involved. Yeah. So, so it's it's kind of like it's almost like like that. Um, but uh, speaking of fighting games, didn't didn't you? Uh, I, I know I've always tried to campaign for them to add you as a secret character. In the, in the EA UFC game, but didn't you didn't you tell me uh, you took a tour of like when they were working on the last game or something like that? You were somehow yes close to it. Uh, I was uh, I was actually traveling to Vancouver for business, and uh, some of my a lot of my work overlaps in the video game industry, and uh, so I was at Electronic Arts uh, for completely unrelated reasons. And uh, Joff uh, uh, Harrower, the lead programmer of UFC three, 
recognized me in the EA lunchroom and stopped and asked to uh, take a photo with me. And oh. then, he, then he offered uh, to, uh, to give me a tour of the motion capture facility and see where uh, see where all the, the game was made and meet the lead producer. So uh, I was there for like three or four days. So the next day he took me there. Uh, Corey Anderson was reco- uh, doing his motion capture uh, recording that day. So I got to meet the developers, got to meet Corey, who was super cool, really nice. We still follow each other on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and it was just, yeah, I just got to, I think it was before they'd officially announced it or shown anything. So it was kind of cool to see, like, a little peek behind the scenes, get to meet some of the devs. Because, I mean, they, they I, I feel silly for not having realized this, but they're like the perfect intersection for people that work in video games like I do and MMA fans are likely to know who I actually am. <laughs> and they could not have been any nicer or friendlier. The, the facility was super cool. I was geeking out about it because I know like technically how all that kind of crap works on some level. And this is just like, this is what you do with that much money. Oh my God. It's a <laughs> hell of a facility and, um, and a really, really nice team. Uh, Jeff Harwer actually he uh, posts uh, like all their patch notes and improvements and changes and stuff for UFC three on Twitter and he does an awesome job at like you know being a huge geek and fan and listening to the community and kind of messaging how the game's evolving based on uh, like based on user input. He's um he's one of the rare ones. It's actually a really cool developer to watch and really good to the fans. I like him very much. I'm grateful for the kick ass tour I got. So how come uh, how come they didn't try to get you uh, with the little the little nodes on and motion capture you and try to plug you in that game somehow as a secret <laughs> character? That's well, my question. See, the funny thing is, I actually my job was at, uh, for many years has been pricing that out <laughs> and knowing exactly how much that costs. And I think like for so I actually years ago got to go behind the scenes uh, to a studio in Shanghai that was developing all the characters for the first UFC game. So I actually got to meet the team and get all the like all the inside production knowledge for how long it takes to make a single character. And like in 2010, it was like three or four months of development, not even for the animation, just for building a character and like designing like which parts of their face bruise first or bleed or crack. Oh, they have like, wow. they have like a, a bruise map that they, I mean, that like fades in in a sweat map that fades in more and more depending on exactly where you're getting punched or where you're getting hit. And it's even more complex now. So it would have been probably easily like twenty five thousand to a couple hundred thousand dollars to like put me and all of my glory in. It's not just a fat <laughs> joke against myself. <laughs> but uh, my, but I, you could probably shoehorn me in there pretty cheaply for less than that. But uh, you know, I'm not gonna. I, I'd be honored, but I'm never gonna ask. <laughs> I've uh, you know one of the things that when I got involved in this sport is I could probably count on one hand the amount of uh, jerks that I've ran into have you been surprised by the I mean you've you've had obviously a lot of you've dealt with a lot of fans that I'm not necessarily always a biggest fan of but as far as the fighters and the people that that are running the shows and um, just everybody associated actually with what goes on with the fight world um, how's that been I mean, it sounds like you've had a pretty cool experience uh, without naming names necessarily have you ran into anybody that you that hasn't treated you well or uh, as fighters or, or anybody generally um, honestly, no, not really. Like I, um, I've, I've been in, so I have a lot of, uh, a lot of fighters that follow me now that I've actually like spoken to, uh, like both male and female fighters in and out of the UFC. Um, and the people that are, you know, involved behind the scenes have always been, honestly, everybody is just, my whole career is, is working with geeks and all my friends are geeks for video games and making them. This is just another industry full of geeks about fighting. It's the same kind of love, the same kind of interest, the same, 
you know, same memes, the common language, sense of humor. It just, it's fine. It's really neat finding people in that same kind of like, so much of this defines my life kind of level about as I am about, you know, video games and techie stuff as they are about MMA and fighting. And I guess I've gotten really lucky that, you know, people have been, have given me the time of day. Cause I mean, I'm not even as interesting as like a squirrel that rides like a jet ski. I'm like, I fill empty news cycles. Uh, like I, I know I'm just like a silly little background character, but I mean, I've, you know, I, I still get, you know, I still get, you know, free tickets uh, occasionally, uh, or I get to, you know, like meet a fighter randomly. I met Forrest Griffin uh, in a, in a bar uh, randomly. He was one of the first people I'd heard of. And he'd actually, I think he was like dimly aware of me just, I feel like everybody's been incredibly nice in humoring me and helping well, helping me nurture my interest, my genuine interest and respect for the sport. Because I I never want to make fun of something people like. I I don't like that doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't do anybody any good. I mean, a lot of people love this, and I'm starting to see a lot of the reasons why. And it's been it's been cool seeing what the sport's like through you know different people's lenses, like what they're like what they what they love, what they don't love, and actually knowing who people are talking about when they're freaking out about a thing. Being able to relate to that and have that make sense for the first time is just crazy. Like Colby Covington, I'm like oh, I knew who that is. He's terrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the thing about uh, you said about the geek culture, though. I mean, there's there's a lot of geeks in uh, in the MMA. Even like the competitors. If you look at uh, Mighty Mouse, he's he has a very popular Twitch channel. Um, uh, Demetrius Johnson, I'm talking about, and Angela Hill. She's very she's very public about her love for video games and cosplay and all that stuff. Oh, she's great. Uh, Jessamyn yeah. Duke also. Jessamyn Duke and Roxanne Modafferi. I mean, the list goes on. So uh, they just did something. I don't know if you watch it. They did something where they're playing the UFC. Uh, I think Dana White was in on it too. They're playing the the get the video game and they put it on YouTube. Did you watch that, Matt? I, I didn't even get to oh, catch nice. it. it was no, like five days ago. Yeah, they did it like sometime last week, but um. It was uh, it was to plug the game or I guess an update or something like that. <clears throat> but um, That's a great idea. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm saying all that just because you, you what you just mentioned. I mean, uh, I think there's there's more fight fans that are hardcore gamers than you think. I mean, there's even uh, there's even uh, a lot of the guys that follow you. I think there's a guy named Patrick Chapman that that uh, he's part of the one of the MMA uh, team MMA for Life guys on Twitter. He's a hardcore gamer and and I think he follows you as well. Oh, nice. and he's a big Street Fighter fan, talking about uh, fighting games. But yeah, it's 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 uh, you're not like you're not alone in in because uh, you keep saying oh uh, that you grew up as a geek. I mean, I'm a geek too. I mean, I love comic books. I mean, I uh, the, this this YouTube channel is part of a website that that follows like like you know a lot of like horror horror films and conventions and stuff too. So on top of MMA, so it's definitely uh, everybody's a geek. I think it's more acceptable. It's not taboo like when we were kids, you know. Right. And, and I guess to like some degree, maybe I've been, you know, have been as open minded as I could uh, that, you know, like people would have other interests. Like, I guess maybe I went too close to like the story of stereotypical, like, ah, oh, the sun is bad. Bacon is good. Video games. Eh, kind of <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been, yeah, I've, I've made, I've made more interesting new friends from different walks of life than I'd ever, ever had before. Cause most of my friends came from work in the industry. Honestly, this whole MMA thing has been great for expanding my friends group and view of the world. Like I don't just do one thing now. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Are, what do you, are you drinking uh founders by the way? I, I see you drinking something. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a stone ruination 2.0. Oh, okay. And I just finished uh, Lagunitas pills. Oh, nice. Both good. 
the the yeah. stone the stone brewery the very first one was built uh probably a mile and a half from my house i grew up with in, in san marcos here in southern nice. california yeah oh, so they have, they have nice breweries around here i mean beer gardens and really you know mid to high uh priced food and really really classy joint really for a uh, for a brewery even though they're popping up everywhere that's one of the top top shelf ones around here Oh, I, I absolutely love Stone. I haven't been to the original one. Uh, my brother-in-law is in San Diego, and I've gone to a few of their smaller tasting rooms, but I need I want to go to like where it all began. Have you ever I, drink I, Carl Strauss? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, man, I had an amazing... Uh, I had my, uh, fi- uh, I think, five-year anniversary with my wife at Carl Strauss just a few months ago. When I was, I think, about 18, we're going to talk about beer for a minute because I know it's a topic we'll get along with. I was uh, at Carl Strauss, <laughs> and before he passed away, actually, Carl Strauss came walking through the brewery. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't 18. I would have been – I was 21. I, I, think, I, think, I think I had my real ID then. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he came through and uh, shook all our hands. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. He had his picture on all the bottles. And, you know, oh. before all the microbrew world took over, you know, seeing – you know, Carl Strauss come walking through and, and saying what's up with his big German accent was, was awesome. That's so cool. Oh man. Just perfect time. Perfect place. Yeah, man. Like that, that place, that was like a, one of the highlights of my trip. Actually, uh, you got to meet the dude. That's uh that's one of the things I think John found out quickly at, uh, back when we first met at two seventeen is how many, how many, uh, MMA fans, media, and just people involved were super into beer. Uh, I already forgot the name of that bar that we first met at. That's what Forrest Griffiths was there too. Uh, what was that uh, bar? It was a good enough bar. We can't remember the name. That was the one where uh, they had the punching machine, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I forgot the name of that place. It's like full circle because this isn't the first bar you <laughs> took me to do at a, a video game bar. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> What's it? Well, that's uh, that's the barcade in the in the village that we went to, right? Uh huh. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I can't. Re- I can't bar. Same. I just remember like seeing everybody like it was like fifteen or twenty guys pretend not to realize who he was, but totally watching, waiting him, waiting to punch the machine and see the reading. <laughs> yeah, I, and then I remember the the two twenty three place was Uncle Barry's, but that place I feel like it was something cowboy cowboy sounding on. I know it was, it was on West Twenty Ninth. That's all I remember. But um, yeah, I mean uh, obviously uh, uh, beer is a big part. Flying Brian, you follow Flying Brian on on uh, Twitter, John. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was uh, actually introduced to him, saying like, "Ah, you're both beer guys. You should talk." Yeah, so yeah. He, he actually does like a fight and uh, uh, like a beer pairing for events. That's one of his, the things he does now. So it's pretty cool uh, that. Uh, I so follow that. That's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rather like than just, notifications. <laughs> yeah, instead of just ingesting everything that when we're all together at the same place. Uh, it's hard to find good. There's better beer by you than by me, because uh, for folks listening, I mean, I mean, John's in New York, I'm in New Jersey, but uh, I actually go. I, I I messaged you. I was in your I was in your neck of the woods this past weekend. Um, they had a good uh, they had a good selection of sours up in uh, in uh, Greenpoint, so I went to a tourist. Oh, that, oh that's oh, tourist is amazing. Yeah, a tourist, a tourist is is it is it Greenpoint or Dirk the Norseman now? Well, well, well. Green Greenpoint is a uh, Greenpoint. You're talking about Greenpoint Ale House. It is now. It used to be Dirk the Norseman. Okay. But I know all you locals call it Dirk the Norseman still. So when I when I messaged you about it, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, we actually ended the night there. We went to a bunch of other places uh, prior to that because uh, you know with the long weekend, I was. I said, Let me go up to 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 Brooklyn and and have some good beers and holler at the ladies. But 
that's a that's another story. <laughs> uh, sorry, I wasn't able to meet up. I just got back from Orlando, uh, and I'm about to head back head back out to Austin. It's just like cramming all my life chores into a couple days for leaving. So you got any uh, are, are outside of like uh, I know you've been busy, but are you going to catch up on anything? Uh, any fights that interest you? Uh, any any buzz news on Twitter? Like uh, Michael Bisping uh, announced his retirement last night, so I, I don't know how far behind you are. Like I, I so I did read about that, and everything everything I've been reading about him, especially uh, there's one particular uh, Tommy Toehold tweet that just like summarized what a world shaking badass he was, and made me want to just start from the beginning and figure out what he's all about. Are there any particular uh, Bisping fights you guys would recommend? Oh, there's a few, but they're not the ones that uh, he would want me to recommend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, his, fight, his fight with Luke Rockholt um, at UFC 199, that's when he wins the title. Um, both of his fights with Dan Henderson, uh, although one one doesn't end well for him. Um, gosh, uh and he fought a lot. Some of his earlier fights, I'd avoid the Matt Hamill fight. I wouldn't waste 20 minutes of my life watching that one again. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Kung Lee. Kung Lee's a really good fight. Um, I think that's UFC China or Shanghai or, or, or one of those fight nights on Fuel TV or something. Uh, I don't know what, how it's labeled on, on Fight Pass. Um, but I would it's say... Kung, yeah, I'd say uh, Kung Lee. Uh, I, those would be the ones... Uh, gosh, I think... Uh, Vanderlei Silva beat him, but it was a, a good fight. Um, but I would say the Kung Lee and the Luke Rockholt would probably be the two where he uh, where he just looks great. Um, but uh, yeah, I yeah. down Rock, Rockholt. This is a strong figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I would also recommend watching the. I, I know Matt was saying he, he the ones he wouldn't want you to recommend, but. Uh, the the cool thing about his career with the with the Rockhold and the um, the Henderson fights is that the first time they fought he lost those, but then That's he right. came back he came back uh, when they fought again and it looked like obviously Rockhold took him took him light in that fight if you if you'll you'll notice it during the fight that Rockhold is kind of treating him like he's nothing and and he beats him and the same thing with the fight with Henderson like Henderson lands that punch a couple of times and he uh, he takes it better than. Than they, then he took it the fir- in the first fight. So that's just what's cool about uh, Bisping's career. The, the fact that he was able to, he never cared about the, the wins or the losses. He was just always down to fight. So um, definitely, man, that's something to watch on, on your flights and stuff. And his fight, um, his fight with Anderson Silva. That's another one that uh, I would I'd recommend just for the back and forth. And um, you'll right. see what hap- happens to Michael in that fight. And then, how he kind of recovers from it. But uh, yeah, man, the guy was a great fighter. Um, you know, I was always, a, I'm sitting right here with a Dan Henderson. Guess, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually made from his first fight where he's about ready to drop the H bomb on a, on, uh, on, on, on his buddy. They were, they were coaches on the ultimate fighter. So they had a big grudge going into that fight and set it up. It was actually UFC 100. That's a great event. If you haven't seen cool. that one, I have um, that's got Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir, uh, George St. Pierre, John Jones uh, is on the undercard of that fight. He's actually a preliminary fighter um, <laughs> against against Stefan Bonner, um, another guy from the Ultimate Fighter One. So that, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a great event. Um, so wow, yeah, that, that, that's uh, awesome. So John, I, I I know we talked about your your stuff with the video game business and stuff, but I know you 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 you, uh, you published a book too. Do you want to let folks know about that, or is that something? 
Is that something you want to plug right now? Um, sure. I'll, I'll touch lightly on it just because I, I never know where, you know, like where it's going to uh, hit with people. Uh, so I published a book called um, uh, How I Escaped Evangelical Hell, a memoir. So very long story short, I was raised by uh, crazy evangelical Christians and homeschooled, abused, had a really difficult life. And the book was about how I uh, had access to a computer and wanted to learn to be a video game developer and how that uh, got me to got me out. I developed an amazing career, got out of a crappy situation, managed to escape and build a life. And the story is about how I won and um, how video games essentially saved my life. And it's, it's a, and it's a weird thing to talk about. And it's, there's no like easy way into it. Just like, Hey, here's some great fights. And also child abuse. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to turn it negative. I just want to, Oh no, I know there's, there's no, like there's no good way into yeah. it. I've tried to find it. I've tried to, I tried to do it. The best thing I can do is just like, just try to like laugh about it. But, um, I think it's a testament, though, to show like obviously you you handled you handled all that negativity, turned it into something positive, and then when this whole confusion with with uh, Johnny Bone Jones happened, you kind of used the same uh, outlook and and turned it turned turned all that trolling into something positive. So I don't know. I, I think it's a good story for people to see and, and hear about. Thanks, man. I I really appreciate that. No, I feel the same way. I mean, it, it sucks that you had to be raised like that, and it gives you know religious people a bad name because you know it just any aspect of life you've got assholes and people who take anything to the extreme and um but like i say you've seen you on here and and smiling and laughing about stuff that's that's pretty cool um to get through that and be able to write a book and talk about it and uh just express yourself that's thank you as i've got as i've gotten older I've, i've definitely gained respect for being able just to talk about things and uh and get stuff out in the open. If it, even if it pisses somebody off or hurts somebody's yeah. feelings, you know, nobody, they didn't care about your feelings apparently. So get it, <laughs> get it out now and, you know, and, uh, and hopefully make some money off of it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like your, your story is yours and you yeah. know, fucking cash in. Hey, you know, they, they named you John Jones. They yeah. named, they, you could have been like Harvey Weinstein or something. like that. <laughs> I, like, I, I, oh my god like any every single time i say someone else on twitter that has like anything even remotely like political like actually george papadopoulos he's uh he's like a financial planner from i think michigan he's like it's just like this, he's this goofy greek dad who got pulled into this whole like oh i saw that yeah this conspiracy thing um or to hold the trump thing but uh but he and I follow each other now and like and make jokes about the whole thing. He's just like, my God, just put him in jail already. I want to get back to my normal life. He, <laughs> he does he has dad jokes his way through it like a champion. It's amazing to see. <laughs> well, you too, man. I mean, I really appreciate you uh, coming on uh, and uh, sh- sharing your stories with us. And we definitely got to get together again for for uh, some beers when you're free uh, and not traveling. Um, I'd like that very much. Definitely. Yeah, I'm hoping hoping to get out there in November. So maybe everything will work together and we can all get together. Uh... Go to one of the big fights or something. Oh yeah, man, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of big fights, uh, uh, June seventh. If you're not, if you're not, uh, uh, Pro Fight League is uh, holding an event at the Hulu Theater, in Madison Square Garden. I'm going to be covering it. So if you're, uh, maybe we can tag you on on some tweets on Twitter and see if they they don't, they can't give you the VIP treatment as well. <laughs> Actually, I am on a plane during oh, okay. that. Oh, All right. See. 
I'll see if it, I'll see if anything streams. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll they're streaming it on Facebook. It'll be on NBC Sports too, so you could definitely catch it. Excellent. So, but all right, I mean, I don't have anything else unless unless you have anything else, Matt. No, uh, just want to thank you for coming on. Um, obviously, uh, you're at John Jones on Twitter, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, as normal fans can check us out at uh, edit at Carbazal. Uh, myself at MMA Hawk twenty one on uh, Twitter and Instagram, um, and the show at Combat Hour. So, um, if any uh, if any beer companies were listening and want to sponsor the show, um, <laughs> we're we're always open to that. And um, basically, if sounds like if there's a god, my uh, you know somebody named Matt Hawkins will create the new superhero movie, and I'll get free tickets to Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. You change your name to Zack Snyder, and, and you'll have an exciting year or two. <laughs> but guys, awesome. thank you, so thank you so much for having me on, and thanks for and thank you and everybody uh, everybody for humoring me. I really I really enjoyed this. It was a, it was a pleasure meeting you. Let's have beers when you're here in November. Yes, sir. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Fortieth birthday uh, definitely can do some damage. All hey, right, cool. oh, we're gonna we're gonna make you come to us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a plan, man. Nice to meet you, and uh, and thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks so much. Cheers, guys. Hey, thanks, Cheers. John.